0: Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday 23rd of August 2020. Tim Davis speaking on Why I'm Still a Christian. Why I am still a Christian. Why do I feel like I've done this before? Uh, perhaps it's because I've delivered a Why I am a Christian talk twice at Christchurch and the second time I made the point that the talk should probably be entitled Why I am still a Christian, but I didn't really change much at all of my first talk the second time around. And I guess it was because if I had to think about it then, the sermon would probably be a fairly brief five-word talk. Why I am still a Christian. I don't know. Just am. Not the most inspiring talk. Agreed. So I decided I'd take the approach I used to my Why I am Christian talk and to find out why I am still a Christian, change the wording and ask myself the question, Why am I still a Christian? I still don't know. I just am. One of the things I've learned over the years is that when you answer a question with a slightly evasive non-response, it's usually because the real answer is somewhat uncomfortable to seek out. Uh, what if, what if the answer isn't one that Stephen would approve of being shared with you all? Am I just going through the motions? Have I been ignoring everything around me, not questioning my faith because? yeah you know, when you stop and think about it, Everything's going wrong in the world. Everything's everything's rubbish. I have to I have to work at home and I don't get out and see people. My holiday's been cancelled. I'm feeling stressed and ill and lethargic and my couch to 5K plans at the start of lockdown never got beyond week three and there's so much bad stuff going on in the world that I can't stand to hear about it anymore and God really doesn't seem to be doing anything about it and he certainly doesn't seem to be a massive presence in my life right now and if I'm perfectly honest, the stress of constantly trying to do good Christian things is getting too much and I wonder if I feel I'd be better off just forgetting it all and so I can't help but ask myself why am i still a christian does anyone else find themselves asking that at times it's not like that all the time is it but sometimes being a christian is not something i find easy i can find myself caught between days of it being the best thing in the world and times when it's a source of just angst and stress but as i've thought more on this i've found myself actually really appreciating why I still am a Christian, and also realised that two members of our church, John and Helen Cook, have something to do with it as well. Psalm 24 is my favourite of the Psalms. It's a hymn of praise to God that tells a story, our story, and I like it because it's short, straightforward, but also challenging story. Everything you need to know is contained within it. I'm just going to focus on the first few verses, really. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. God made us. God created the world and set in motion everything that would lead to our creation and the creation of everything that is to come. God created us. We owe him honour and respect, and yet being in a position to give him this presents us with a problem. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Me? You? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. Can any of us claim to have pure hearts? Never devoting our attention to other things when we should have been devoted to God alone. To describe ourselves as pure of heart is hard, if we're really honest. And it certainly feels that way to me a lot of the time. This acknowledgement that I'm not pure of heart, with clean hands, is difficult. I've often given myself a hard time and wrestled with this. Am I a Christian? Yes. Do I think I am worthy to ascend the hill of the Lord? I guess so. If I was to truly allow God to examine my heart and mind... To open myself up to a real, honest, no-secrets-are-hidden examination of myself and see an account of what I've done wrong just this past week, let alone my lifetime. But I meet the criteria. Because I don't think regular use of hand sanitizer counts for the clean hands, but... And right there, in that moment, I find myself thinking back to my second year of secondary school. John Cook was my second-year form master when I was at school, and he also taught me history for the first two years at secondary school. And it was in his history lessons that I first learnt about the Reformation and Martin Luther. Now, 30-odd years later, I don't remember much from my history lessons. Sorry, John. Uh, But I always remembered learning about how much Martin Luther struggled with this same idea, and particularly the righteousness of God. For Luther he understood God as the only truly righteous concept and if God was righteous then he would punish the unjust and the sinners. You know what about the Christians, the good guys? Luther was a monk, he devoted his life to living a pure and holy life and yet he knew that if God were to examine his heart and mind then he too would be punished by a righteous God. Because he knew that in contrast to God, he, Martin Luther, was still just a sinner. And I can identify with that so much of the time. I want to be able to say, look God, I'm doing all these things for you. I'm living my life as a Christian. Is this okay? Is this enough? And when I do that, I know deep down that it's not. My hands are not clean, my heart is not pure, and I can start to beat myself up internally about it all. Luther did the same thing until he started to really study and understand Paul's letter to the Romans. In particular, one and a half verses from Romans chapter 3. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Luther had been so focused on the law and doing good, continuous acts that would still never be sufficient to make him righteous before God. But after years of much prayer, meditation and struggle, Luther finally discovered the true meaning of God's word. Then finally, God had mercy on me, and I began to understand that the righteousness of God is a gift of God by which a righteous man lives, namely faith. And that sentence, the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, is passive, indicating that the merciful God justifies us by faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now I felt as though I had been reborn altogether and had entered paradise. It's not about what we do. It's, it's never been about that exclusively. It's, it's about God. I can't make myself righteous before God. I can't ascend the hell of the Lord with clean hands and a pure, pure heart through any endeavours of my own. But I will, because my righteousness is a gift from God. I am made righteous through the death of Jesus Christ, taking my punishment for sin, making me clean and pure and righteous. And it came as a gift from God. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their saviour, such as the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. I receive the blessing from God my saviour, and it's God my saviour with his gift to me, to all of us, of forgiveness and salvation and grace and righteousness that enables me, all of us, to be welcomed into His presence. I'm still a Christian because when I find myself beating myself up about not being a good person, I then remember that I've been given the greatest gift possible, the impossible made possible forgiveness of sins. And all I had to do was say sorry. Why would I turn away from that? In the next chapter of Romans, which we heard read a moment ago, Paul goes on to explain to the readers that it's all about faith. Unless you believe in Jesus Christ, then you have nothing because you cannot receive salvation through your own works. And he cites Abraham as an example of someone who, despite his incredible life and actions, becoming the father of all nations, was justified and made righteous not by his works, but by his faith. And he's an inspiration and encouragement to me. Because it's really important to why I still am a Christian. That I understand that my life is not mine to know in full already. Abraham lived a long life. He had obeyed God. He travelled far and wide. He had to wait until he was 100 before having the son he so longed for. And there was still so much more to come for him. Life is full of surprises. And it's only when we're able to see the full picture that we fully understand. That Helen Cook, or Miss Newton, as as she was known then, was my maths teacher for three years at secondary school. Now, 30 odd years later, I don't remember much of my maths lessons. Sorry, Helen. Uh, but I always remembered at the end of term one year, Miss um, Newton introducing us to these puzzles called nonograms, picture puzzles that you completed by using numbers to determine which squares were blank and which were to be filled in. And I really enjoyed doing these puzzles, these grids that Miss Newton have photocopied from a newspaper. And later on in life, I discover that the people that people now produce these puzzles online, uh, except they call them griddlers and made these massive multi-picture ones as well. And this is what it would look like. Uh, if you're seeing this online, on the left is uh, the blank picture with none of the puzzles completed yet. And on the right is the first one of them uh, ready to be tackled. Now we see the puzzle partially completed and then finally finished. And you can see sort of colored in the lines, depending on where the numbers were and how they corresponded on the X and Y axis. Uh, and it looks slightly odd. You know, it's this weird little mixture of shapes and colors, perhaps not making any sense, but that's because it's just one part of the bigger picture. Gradually, I'd complete more of the puzzle squares. Some squares are quick and easy to complete. Others were complicated and hard. Often, I needed to try and work out the problem in the puzzle through trial and error. I might get stuck and not find it particularly enjoyable. It would frustrate. But I'd be glad when a puzzle was completed. But it was only when I'd completed the last puzzle that I'd be able to see how the different pieces came together to show the whole picture. In this instance, a nice seaside scene. And life for me often feels like that. Not like a seaside, but a multi-puzzle nonogram. And it's why I remember that I need to have faith in God continuously. I don't know everything that's going to happen to me. I look back on my life so far and I'm amazed at everything that's happened to me. Just picture your life as one of those nonograms or griddlers, multi-puzzles, but with each square representing a moment from your life like a picture collage gradually being added to. For me, I'd see school, family, work, marriage, becoming a lay minister, but there'd be still, hopefully, a great many squares yet to be revealed. Abraham longed for a son and thought he was too old for one, but he had faith in God And it was only when he could look back on his whole life that he could see just how amazing it was, including being a father, and that his was a life lived by faith rather than by what he thought he could accomplish on his own. But at the end of it, it was still all about what God had promised him was still to come than what he had experienced in his rich long life. And that is an encouragement to me in my faith. And part of the reason why I am still a Christian. I see the great picture developing before me. And yet I'm excited by what's still to come. And I know that I'm only fully going to understand it all at the end. I am still a Christian. But not because of what I think God has done in my life. You know, there was no deal made that if he provided me with A, B, or C or helped me with X, Y, or Z, that I would in turn remain a Christian. No, I'm still a Christian because of the one-time deal that God set up for me nearly two thousand years before I was born. I'm a Christian because of a gift from God. His forgiveness. His grace, His salvation, His righteousness, that He has then bestowed on me and you, giving us clean hands and pure hearts once again, so that we can live by faith in Him, assured of eternity to come.